Tales from TV. In this episode of Tales from TV, we interview our good friend and seasoned crew member Danny DeCimbrino and talk about his experiences on shows like Jury Duty, The World Poker Tour, Love Island, Hell's Kitchen, and more. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Tales from TV podcast, where you will hear all kinds of true stories about your favorite TV shows from the people that make them, the crew. I'm your host, Melissa May Curtis, and the star of our show is seasoned crew member, RoboCam operator, technical director, writer, father, skateboarder, snowboarder, man about town. I haven't been on a skateboard in quite a while, actually. <laughs> and my better half, Mr. Andrew Curtis. Andrew, how are you today? Oh, hello. Hello. How's things? <laughs> that was a very Seinfeldy hello. I know. La, la, la. <laughs> Deep cuts for those that are Seinfeld fans. Um... It's oh, my, uh, I'm unemployed. Very unemployed. You are unemployed. Yeah. We're deep into the writer's strike and obviously still in solidarity with the writers. And now we have an impending uh, director's strike DJ, for the DGA SAG-AFTRA, yeah. and then an actor's strike for SAG-AFTRA. I was reading today that DGA is actually, I think they are making an agreement. So that, well, that's good because that that's means good. they're going to have to come back to writers and probably figure it out hopefully, with those guys. Hopefully it means that. People's. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so how have you been filling your days? Oh, podcasting. <laughs> podcasting, I'm writing. Racking up my GTA character. <laughs> good. I'm good a level stuff. 240 now. Killing it. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it sounds impressive that, that you know, you're, you're dedicating to that game. You've always <laughs> loved that game. I feel like... Over the course of our marriage, you've played like three games. Which thing? Halo. Oh yeah, definitely. Call of Duty. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto. True. Those are like your go-tos. Like, there's other ones that come in Red Dead and Assassin's Creed and some of these other deals I come in. I played Assassin's. I played a lot of Tony Hawk. Tony Pro Hawk. Yeah. Um, you know the one that we used to play way back when me Twisted and you. Metal? Twisted yeah. Metal. Do you remember that? That was a good. That one. was a good game. Um, do you think that your skills in video gaming have helped you as a RoboCam operator? No. No? Isn't it a joystick kind of situation? It, I, I, would, I would argue that being a camera operator first made me a better RoboCam operator. Being a, a standard shouldered up... Ro- yeah. Right, right. Being a standard shouldered up Just camera a, operator made you yeah. a better RoboCam operator. Yeah. It, well, even Isn't being a, on sticks or a pet or anything like completely that. Completely different situation though, yeah? It, it is, but I mean, you're still kind of doing the same thing where it's just like you have to capture a story mm. and it's... If it's you know, a room full of, full of people, you have to adjust and move around and create the whole scene top to bottom, depending on how many other operators are around you. Okay. I just would have thought that all your gaming would have come into play at some level as a RoboCam operator because of the joystick situation. Because you're sitting there in a control room with the little... When, it, when you're... Yeah. I'll, I'll say that um, if you're doing like two or three moves at the same time, if you're pulling out, panning, and trying to pull a focus... It, it's a little more video game feel than okay. holding a lens and cool. trying to do it that way. So today we're going to have a good pal of yours on, yeah. Danny D. Our beats creator. Our beats creator. So yeah. all the music you hear in this podcast, the intros and outros and all that, that's Danny's creations, which he has allowed us to use, mm-hmm. thankfully. Thank you, Danny. Um, and I'm excited to have Danny on because you've worked with him on a couple of fun shows, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to learn kind of about what he does and how he came up, and, and it's fun to get you guys talking about stories and <laughs> <laughs> things together. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to get him um, on the line and uh, go from there. Today, we are speaking with a good friend and colleague of Andy's, tech, RoboCam operator, switcher, music enthusiast, beats artist, the man behind the actual beats we use on this very podcast, Danny DeCimbrino. Danny, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> hope we pronounced that correctly. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Danny? DeCimbrino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say it better than me. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for, for coming on the show. We're excited to have you here. Happy to be I here. poke my ear. Did you? <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to first find out how you two met. Like, what was the first thing you guys ever worked on together? Uh, that was definitely World Poker Tournament. Yeah. Which one was it, though? Was it St. Martin's? Or was you you were on before that, right? Like at Jacksonville and Hollywood? It might have been one of your first Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, Florida ones. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Because you were down yeah. in Miami at that point, right? Yeah, I was in Fort Lauderdale. So I, that was, yeah. It was then. It was probably what 2012, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So a long time ago. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's good. So how did you even get into this? Like, how did you come up and, and start in this crazy industry? Like what, what got you into all this? It all started by this um, TV, uh, TV commercial producer. So I was working at a banquet hall doing banquets and this guy would always give me the opportunity to PA. Um, and that started in about 2008 and I didn't know what it was. And I was a little shit at the time too. So I would just, <laughs> show up sometimes sometimes i wouldn't show up but he kept giving me a chance you know and i kept working there for, for like two years and i would every once in a while do a pa gig not think much of it and then i meet this one guy harold lozano that was like hey i'm gonna bring you on to a real tv show and i was oh, like nice. so like, I, what's I, a real tv show <laughs> it was actually um called rock dinner with uh mtv3 so oh, wow oh, okay uh, what year I is this off. This is about 2010, maybe. Yeah, 2010. And I get on and I'm completely green. And he's the key PA and he quits the first day that I'm there. And they're immediately (laughs) like, okay, you're the key now because you're his guy. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And then with (laughs) that gig got me a chance to actually drive a a truck. It was the the grip truck was too heavy to go back to Los Angeles without them paying fines. So uh, I was just standing in the right place at the right time. And they were like, who are we going to get to split this truck up and drive it? And I was like, I'll do it. And they were like, mm, PA rate? Yeah. So uh, a lot came out of that opportunity. Nice. nice. So wait, but you lived in Florida then? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Fort Lauderdale originally. Okay. And so when did you move out here? About 2015, 16. 16, yeah. Okay. Wow. That's quite a journey. Just like, yeah. I feel like everybody starts out like a PA or it's always, oh, yeah. I've never, I haven't, we haven't interviewed anybody yet. That's like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And I went on this path and did it. Like, it's always some kind of weird. <laughs> it kept being presented to me because then uh, I would PA for MTV three. And then uh, it was unheard of to really have a travel PA. So I started traveling with them doing their shows that they had and they kept it real in the family. And then one day the lead or the AC at the time, got uh got fired and they were like hey are you ready and the dp was a good friend of mine and he was like i'll show you everything you need to know along the way and and then i stuck it out with mtv3 and then with that dp we went on to do a ton of stuff in miami together Uh, this guy uh alejandro feniche great guy nice when um when you were first um were they putting you up and giving you per diem and everything or were you just gonna slur no they were putting me up they were putting me up because uh, I did everything. I was the only PA. And also, oh, I was uh, like, there was only a, a PM. So there was no support other than me and that PM. So, yeah. oh, okay. Nice. So long hours, hard work, overworked, yeah, but underpaid. <laughs> you're, you're, I was young at the time. It didn't feel, it was all amazing. You know, that was like, I'm doing the greatest shit of my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially if you're going to travel too and it's on somebody else's dime, that that is one of the main things about this job that's kind of nice is you're like, eh, yeah, I've been to Europe a couple of times and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm I'm really lucky because so it's a small pool in Miami. So, you know, for that for me to get that opportunity, there was tons of other people that were trying to do the same thing. So it was nice. a blessing. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, so tell me about uh, Jury Duty. That's kind of a big show right now. It's like really blowing up. And I know you were on that, I think, from for the whole show, weren't you? The, the whole shoot? Yeah. Um, I came in like a, maybe a weekend. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely one of the more um, gratifying jobs to do uh, in this industry. Really? Yeah, because it was wholesome. It was it was all based on a, you know, a sweet premise. So uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like Andy worked, he day played that a little bit. And I remember him coming home and kind of being like, I don't know how they're going to make this work. Like, it's kind of this weird thing. And, you know, he was kind of lukewarm on it. And then we watched the show and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking funny. Like, this is great. I I didn't have the vision to see them put where where they were going to go with it. They always spoke of it being like the office mixed with the prank show. But hmm. I didn't see how they were going to put it together in the same way, you know. But it was also funny and, and fun to be a part of. But it was definitely new. Now, I know, I know that I worked on the uh, whatever the bit up at the restaurant um, with one of the guys who didn't, like, go through the whole thing. How many times yeah. did you actually do the process in that same restaurant? Like, do that actual Three shoot? times. Three? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Because that was kind of a headache to load in, shoot all day. Um, yeah, I I didn't do all three. I only did 
one of them. I missed one, the first one, and then I, I had to go do something else. I missed the second one. But I, I believe they ran through actually three contestants, but they knocked out the park on the first one. Oh, that's a, that's great. No, it was really great. Well, the guy that made it all the way through, I think, because he's very endearing and seems like an actually genuinely kind human being, I think that yeah. makes it all the more worthwhile. So For sure. Um, I think it's a, a big shout out to casting for this or whoever did search out to find that. How do you find that person in this world today? Is kind of right. No. I, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think they said they just ran the Craigslist ad <laughs> and it was just like, want to be a part of this weird experimental thing we're doing? Yeah. They got that guy. And then we had, I think I had the doctor. Some <laughs> doctor guy. He was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> weird and i figured it out so now you guys worked together on poker and then didn't now you did whole card but did you start in whole whole card or no i started in robo and then okay. there was times where they needed andy was closer to the wpt family than i was i was a new guy coming in so i believe they started giving you some of the gigs when we would travel to other places outside of florida and be like hey danny's on the east coast let's bring him in and I think yeah. I did whole part a few times as well. Um, but yeah. then I think it exploded on me when we were in St. Saint Martin. St. Martin's, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It was that weird. Well, it was, a, first off, it, was it the first time we used GoPros in the table yes. instead of the standard cameras? So there yes. was that that angle that we couldn't figure out. So I couldn't come to you for questions because you were like, I don't use this. I don't know, really. Yeah, this is like, this is brand new to me. I have no <laughs> idea. I can't help you. <laughs> and it was it was that headache of taking like GoPro camera feed, which is an HDMI out, converting it to a, a BNC feed. And then the other thing on top of that that we had no idea about was they were sending electricity to the table because they had put lights in it. Yeah. And that and like shut out all trans- of our converters. They didn't cover the transformers or whatever it was inside of the table for the lights. So there was all this just frequency emitting out and um couldn't figure it out. We were behind for what, like an hour and a half, two hours. And it was just, I'm yeah. sweating and we're on this Island on the beach. I'm just dripping. Yeah. Like can't <laughs> figure this out. And then finally that the lighting guy comes in the table guy and he's like, uh, sorry, it's, it's my fault, you know, but no one reads the retraction in the newspaper it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the only thing he just unplugged his lights or whatever. And yeah, then it worked he just fine. unplugged the lights. And I mean, we were out, in the it's sun. daytime. Like, you, yeah, I couldn't know. even see the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I, I felt so bad for you too because it was just like, oh, I, I wish I could help. I really don't know what this is. It kind of worked out in the long run because I didn't really want to do whole card too much, so they definitely didn't bring back for whole card. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Whole, whole card is such a. It's it, sometimes it's fun. They've made it worse uh, in some seasons where we had to like manually write down every card we saw for every single hand i did one of those yeah that was the worst just to clarify for people listening um whole card is when when the poker players are in actual gameplay and they hold up their cards to like the little spy camera yep okay so that's okay just making sure i'm understanding but now now imagine a table of six and each one of them are flipping their cards to look at them and there's two there's like two guys watching three monitors each and then they're calling back to some PAs behind him what the card and the and the suit is. Mm. You'd be like, Ace Clubs, seven diamond. And then you'd and then never catch you'd have to be you would have to reach out to the director and be like, I need that card again. And then yeah. they, they would try to get the person, the dealer, to tell the guy, hey, show your card again. But that's like a, you only have a small window to make that happen. So it's, it's yeah. this is live gameplay, right? Like yeah. they're tournament yeah. play, so they're not fucking around. Well, and not only that, like if, if you think about it, if I, if I miss it, then I have to radio a director. A, radio, a director has to radio down to the floor, and then the floor guy has to go poke somebody on the shoulder and be like, you need to show your cards again. Mm. Yeah. That's such a, like... The worst way to play telephone. <laughs> yeah, they should just give you a voice of God so you could just yeah. <laughs> Player five, show my gun. Yeah, <laughs> get all tough on him. Not good enough. Actually, that might second. be a thing. You get rid of the dealer and you make it all digital, and it's like this oh, guy yeah. dealing cards. <laughs> just flip out digital like cards. The next ten years of World Poker Tour. It's still <laughs> on. It's actually like that show's been around forever. Actually, yeah, they, they're still doing. You know, it. they called me yeah. last week to see if I could do it. Really? Yeah, they call every yeah. once in a while. I, they're still going because they cut their budget so drastically. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gone from so many like places to put. Like it's it's been actually around, like different networks. And well, stuff. what they're doing now actually is uh, if you get Tubi or not Tubi TV, but Pluto TV, which is one of those free ones that just yeah. airs commercials. There's a World Poker Tour channel. 
and they yeah, just show that. the tournaments. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's insane. People watch it. People, people they, love they, that shit. It. They do. I turned it on yesterday. <laughs> I know. We were so bored. We're like, please turn it off. Oh, I know. <laughs> Our kids were dying. You guys don't like anything I like. Pretty much. That's, <laughs> you're in a house full of women. What are you going to do? That's um, the so, norm I hear. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, so World Poker Tour, I mean, that's a show. All you guys were on it. So many of you guys, like Lewis and JR and PC and Danny, like Darryl. everybody, Daryl. Yeah. Like what's, what's like one of your, your fondest memories of World Poker Tour and being just of crew life for you, Danny? I, it would have to be probably the the early, one of the early ones when I was still local in Fort Lauderdale. Cause I mean, to me, that was huge. I was getting an opportunity to do Robo. Um, and there wasn't mm-hmm. those kind of opportunities in Miami. So it was Anytime in those early stages, and then you get a little jaded as you go. But um, probably the, <laughs> what was the funnest one? I mean, they were all fun for the most part, but it was also a lot of just get to work and get it done. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think we really had any of those, like, re- at least I didn't have any of those crazy nights, you know? I'm pretty <laughs> tame. Well, I, I, think, I think, especially in those later years, because I mean, the show started in 2002, but by the time we got down to, like, Fort Lauderdale and Jacksonville and, and other places like that. We we all had like we were all relaxed. We already knew the job. We knew that the build was going to be four hours if we have just free reign of the whole floor and all that. And, yeah. And then we knew the rest of the day we'd just be sitting on our hands and eating crafty and chilling outside. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, it was just those gameplay days. Sometimes those went long. Well, yeah. yeah, you couldn't speed them up, right? You just had to let them go as long as they wanted to go, right? And they have mm-hmm. all this money at stake, so they're not trying to hurry. No, well, one of the, the worst... Go ahead. One of the Fort Lauderdale ones, I was, um, I had a job the next day, and I was still new in the... I think maybe it was my second WPT, and we went till like 8 in the morning. And I had a yeah. job the next day, not knowing that, that this could happen, and the call was at like 9. And I, I had to reach out to him like in that moment and say, hey, I can't can't come and i kind of burned that bridge with that person uh, we, uh, yeah honestly those things <laughs> we had if it wasn't often but every once in a while we we'd be shooting and and like one of the local handheld guys would be like um my call time's in like three hours for this other gig i have <laughs> can i not wrap out tonight <laughs> just like wrap a little and then you can go and it's like oh so terrible i think the longest the longest heads up game we ever had it was like eight straight hours of just two players. Ugh. And that was in San Jose. But it, the worst part was the game started at four and by like seven 30, we were down to heads up. So we thought we're all going to go out tonight. We'll go see a movie. We'll do something fun. Yeah. And then like five in the morning, we're just like, still going. <laughs> but those were, I mean, now looking back on it, but it was still uh, funny. It was still comical when you're like still sitting there, like, and you're only panning like, left right wide enough left, right, <laughs> wide enough it was just yeah. <laughs> and then it's like the director's like are you guys sleeping back there and it's like yeah yeah we're <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i think yeah that was the best though is when um i remember it was like it always became a competition to, to see who got like the to knock out one of their players first so all you had to do was just lock on your single <laughs> that's great like, automatically people's are on their laptops and watching movies and facebook <laughs> and all that shit <laughs> yeah once you had a lock off it was it was a good one that's what you were aiming for it was a competition amongst us like who can we who's going to get down to one man first yeah i remember <laughs> we'd always get like the chip counts and be like who's 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 got the advantage here i'm like with seat five today and it's like damn it that's mine <laughs> and then it, it would happen to some people early on and you would just have one person early on and or what if what if both of your people got knocked out and you're just like what do you want me to do I'm not shooting anything. Move your camera, my shit is done. I'm not moving anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you this like shot of a nostril, and you can have that. Oh man, yeah. You guys had a lot of fun on that show. It was fun. It that was a really fun show. I honestly, when I would get on like a a long run show, and I was already booked for a poker, I'd always have to book out that week to go do poker. And to me, I was like, this is like a work vacation because I really just go to some some place. Not every place was great, like Oklahoma. But you go there and it's just like it's a relaxing job. You didn't like Durant? I liked I to be honest, the casino was awesome. I loved their swimming pool, their movie theaters, and the bowling alley. That's all they they had. had. That's what that's all they had. (laughs) To give you to give you an idea, when you were in the hotel, um, there's nothing around. It's literally you're surrounded by grass fields. This is Oklahoma? This is the Oklahoma spot. 
And if you want to legal in Oklahoma, it's probably yeah. Well, is it like is. a Native American casino? I have no probably. idea. Okay, I yeah, think I think is. it probably was. Yeah, but if you wanted to go to, there's a Quickie Mart, not within walking distance. They had a shuttle bus doing rounds <laughs> to the Quickie Mart to a Quickie Mart, and you would be like, "Well, how do I get back?" I'm like, "Well, we give you a 10 minute window inside, and if you don't make the bus, you're gonna have to wait for the next one." Oh wow, it was um, big. Where was Joomers? Joomers was nice too. Was that Oklahoma? Joomers. That might have been Oklahoma. I can't remember that one. I think it was yeah. Oklahoma. Maybe it was. So. Yeah. Huh. Anyways, yeah, it was great. All these rando, rando places. Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> well, the show I remember you on specifically because I got to go visit was Love Island in Hawaii. <laughs> That's right. After, you know, all that. Like in the, it wasn't, I guess it was prime COVID because it, it wasn't it was like lockdown right, COVID, but it was like right after this. This is right? right when you could go to Hawaii again. Because there was one vaccine out, I think. Is that why? I think it was like the, I, the first No, it had been out. out for a while. Got it? Okay. okay. Yeah, because we did one right out of COVID in Vegas. For- right. And I, <laughs> but I couldn't, I remember that one because Andy was locked down for like weeks and weeks and I couldn't even come visit you guys. Like there was, I could be, send cookies in a care package. Like that oh, was man. basically it. Was, it was a nice jail. It was interesting. It was, <laughs> <laughs> looking back on it, it was an experience for sure, you know. Um, At I least wish you guys got it. paid. I mean. Yes. Yeah, that that's the saving grace. I feel like the the pay around the clock or whatever, however they did it. I had a whole music studio in my room since we drove there. I brought speakers and everything, and just I enjoyed it. Yeah, you had a you had a really nice setup. (laughs) You because you you didn't have. I had two beds in my room, but you only had the one, so you had like a very open floor plan kind of look. And Yeah. yeah, and then of course we bought light bulbs and did all that. Yeah, and I got it from you early on. I moved my whole room around. My bed was in a different place. My, you know, I was facing the window. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I lifted some of my ideas out of your room too, because I was like, wait, you can move the table because I think it was bolted down. Yeah. But I had, I had <laughs> tools with me, so I was like, right. fuck this, and I moved, unscrewed it and like moved it to a corner. Yeah, yeah, I think we all did that. We all just, or maybe just less. <laughs> I mean, you had so- some epic rooms. I, I know. Uh, I I forget why I started it. I just I don't know. I feel like it was Jersey I think it was Shore. Jack's fault. Jack. I think it was Jack. Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, who's Jack? Oh, Jack Daniels. John Jack to his friends. <laughs> Probably. I just remember like they got weirder and weirder. Like you'd go out of town on these little shoots and it's like no big deal. And then it was like the longer the shoot, the weirder it got. You're taking like. <laughs> Tiger Beat magazine clippings and well, things and guns and ammo and weird lights and just weird shit. Man. It is. It's. It also depends on who you room with. Because uh, the, the first time it got really weird was I was roommates with Daryl Cash, and I kind of told him beforehand because I was like, I just want you to know, I kind of do this, and it's just for fun. And he's like, Okay, cool. So he's like, I'll get started. So then it would like every time we woke up, it was like this one-upmanship of how much weird shit we could add to the room. And now and I just do it because it's a blast. And now you create like images in your people now. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know. What I think Atlanta was the last time I made another crazy room. Yeah. 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 The Joe Millionaire. Yeah, the Joe Millionaire. That was you gotta crazy. make that the best really... of it, you know. We're, you gotta Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Well, you guys work really hard and travel a lot, and it's I think how how do you make your room homey? Even if it's weird, I feel like that you're it's self-expression, you know, like you're trying to, I don't know, make it feel good to you or I don't know. That's how Definitely. I analyze it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, bringing lights is is always a good thing. Bringing some colored bulbs. Oh, yeah. Well, and for you, music, because you're such a musician, right? Yeah. So, so you're always, always bring bringing something. In. How many instruments do you play? Um, I just, I, I'm mainly a sample-based producer. I'm a big okay. vinyl collector, so... Um, but I play the piano, um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, learning the bass, but I've been I'm mainly a sample bass producing for the most nice. part. Nice, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay, I have a series of questions I want to ask you. Well, we want to ask you just kind of in broad terms, but you can talk about um, specific things as you wish. But so the first question I have: What's the best celebrity encounter you've ever had? Bobby Lee. Really Ooh, nice. What what on show is that for? Oh yeah, that's another. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it. we we did some deal with it. With it, did you know I did Bobby Lee's loan when I worked in mortgage? No way, I did. Really, I did. <laughs> I know all what, of his info. He was he was such a 
great guy. Like, and he was just honest with me in the moment. We were like outside smoking a cigarette and he was just opening up to me about how he felt. Um, I, I mean, this is when 2011, maybe. Yeah. That sounded about right. It was, it was. Yeah. Wow. Um, and he was just talking about how his, his friends around him are really coming up and he was wishing that he's getting that shine. And I don't know, we just had an honest conversation and and, and it wasn't like, I'm this person and you're that, you know, it, it was yeah. just a really cool moment. So like that a was human a, moment of like yeah. actual people. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. Um, and then the flip side of that, what's your worst celebrity encounter? If you have one. Hmm. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> this would be one of those things where, like, you can't think of one, but the second you think of one, it'll start landsliding into, like, oh, and then this person, oh, and then that person, <laughs> and then this other time, this person. Because I at first, well, I'm what like, I say oh, is, like, you, if you meet a celebrity that you really look up to or, like, grew up watching, and then you see them, it kind of takes the magic away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's just the regular dude. Like, there's nothing. Like, I looked at, like, I was a big common fan. And growing up, like I listened to ev- everything common for the longest. And then I met him on a show and it was like, I didn't see the, I, I guess I, you build this thing with a celebrity. You're like, this person's spectacular. And he was just like yeah. a regular guy. And I was just like, oh man, he's not like, but it was great. You know, it's not a bad <laughs> thing, you know, I, right, right, right. certain things are true, you know, that I, I've experienced in Miami as far as like JLo could be very picky, you know? Mm. Yeah. And maybe it was just during that time, of course, but it was definitely one of those things that we're told in production to not look at that person, you know, when they I was told the same thing. I did some day play thing with J Lo and and they were like, Yeah, you can't look her in the eye. And I'm like, Yeah, that's weird. Like Why? yeah, because like obviously <laughs> I'm now going to subconsciously probably make this happen by accident, you know? Who knows? Right, yeah. totally. Or now I have to you know, accidentally brush by somebody's eye line at some point. So now I have to be on on like what? Pins and needles if it happens? <laughs> what happens? Does she kick me in the face and I'm Plus, fired? Like, she's so pretty. Like how do you not look at J-Lo when she's in the room? Like right. secretly. Like, I mean, <laughs> she's very self-conscious about her beauty. Is she? Is I that why you can't no, look her just, in the eye? No, she wants you to pay for it. Oh, oh that makes geez. more sense. Okay. So if you're acting with J-Lo and you, you make eye contact, that's like a $1,000 fine. You're only allowed to like look at her left ear or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can only look at an eyebrow. <laughs> she got great eyebrows, though. She does. <laughs> she works those out. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, what's the best catered meal you've ever eaten on set? <laughs> Is there one? <laughs> an easier question would be what was the worst, I guess, but. Uh, Give us both. I want to hear both because I hear horror stories. I mean, he was on Love Island with me, so yeah, Love oh, Island yeah. Vegas was was. I mean, but granted, there was a lot of things going on. How are you going to cook for all these people, and you can't have a staff? And there, there's yeah. a random staff cooking in a kitchen that they don't normally cook in. Who knows? You know that, but you make yeah, the look- best out of it because you would look into other people's bags when you'd show up to go pick up your stuff because it's just out there at a certain time, and yeah. you'd be like, "Oh man, I want fried chicken." You'd be like. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I got one meal delivered to my room on that show, and for some reason, I fell under the the vegan diet, which I wasn't. And it said salad on the outside, and when I opened it up, it was literally just a small bowl of butter lettuce and nothing else with it. It was like <laughs> just plain lettuce, no pepper, no salt, no dressing, no croutons. <laughs> Nothing else, just a bowl of lettuce. <laughs> it's it's like, this is like kind of a slap in the face. I remember taking a picture one time being so, because we're locked in for 12 days. You, the food is terrible. Mm-hmm. So you, you start losing it because you're not even getting the nutrients you need. And, so now uh, I, go <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I no, just, I remember I, taking a picture of the food to, and sending it to the head of production. Like, look what they're eating over there. Because somebody that was at the other hotel was eating decent meals and they'd send Prime me their rib and <laughs> so they'd send me their picture so i sent it to the head of production like look at what they're eating over there and look what we're eating not knowing that she's eating that food too like she's over there i thought she was with oh. <laughs> i do remember i remember almost every meal we would we would start texting the the acs and the operators over at the the, the hotel the location hotel and they would send these beautiful spreads of like spaghetti with marinara and meatballs or a breadstick and a side salad and all this other stuff. 
I'm it like, just I had a piece cooked. of bread with a mushroom on it. Ours looked <laughs> like TV dinners. It. Everything that yeah. we got like it was made in a microwave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, whoever they hired, I I want to say I think my bet was it was the the uh staff that was there at the casino and they're not used to making catered meals, so they just kind of were just kind of throwing things against the wall and seeing what would stick and just be like, sure, back it up, take it on. <laughs> Probably the best meal is always like these smaller shoots where they're like, hey, order what you want. And we go to this restaurant and we, you know, they don't care what you want to order, order anything. You know, some of these smaller productions are, are really. Um, now, you did Hell's Kitchen, though, right? Yeah. Now, did you get to eat the prepared food on Hell's Kitchen? I was doing overnights. So okay. sometimes Same as Andy. there was food in the back later on in the evening, but it wasn't often that that would happen for us. I think the most mm. that I've eaten on a show was Below Deck. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you worked on Below Deck. How was that? I mean, that's an experience for sure. But it's an adventure. You know, you're getting picked up by a boat most of the time from the hotel because it's on the coast. And mm-hmm. you're being taken to a boat in the ocean two hours out sometimes. You know? Was there any, so, like, dangerous storms or anything you had to weather? On that there show? was times where it was pretty bad, where we had to wait a while you know my shift would end around like it depends when they go down but you know figure like two o'clock in the morning or something like that you'd get on a little tinder boat or water taxi and have mm-hmm. to come back and there's been many times where the boat just lost power or something like that and now you're just pitch black in the middle of the ocean just laying down at the end of your shift you know wow yeah that's crazy Did they is that one of those jobs that they they're just it's a salary job because they know there's moments like that or, or are you on the clock the whole time uh, for me, I, I believe it was a weekly. Yeah, okay. So the whole time. Ugh. Yeah. Now, are you since you grew up in Florida? I mean, you're accustomed to boating. Are you a boating person? Like, had gone out because, like, I know I'm not at all, and I get so sick on boats. Like, it's not. I'm okay on like, boats. I'm not like a, a big boating person, but definitely in Florida, you ended up on a boat filming something all the time. You know, in, in the industry. So, and I've done some cruise ship shows before too. So. Those are a little, you get sick on those more than like a small boat. Really? I would think it'd yeah. be the other way around because aren't the big boats supposed to be more level or I don't know. There's I don't know. They're just weird. It's just something about everything, like your whole universe is rocking for some reason compared to the, bo- the small boat. You can kind of look and see the horizon and get yourself right. Um, so tell me about uh, the worst bathroom situation on set you've ever had to deal with. <laughs> Oh, oh. Yeah, worst bathroom situation because Andy has many horror stories about porta potties in the sun in July. Tell me one of yours to jog my memory of a bed. Um, all right. Um, uh, I was doing a shoot in winter this last year. I was doing the overnights, so the only bathrooms were the outside porta potties, and like there was no there was no heat or anything. So you're like in the middle of the night. It's like thirty four degrees trying to use a bathroom and it just there's nobody to clean them either so it's like they unplug everything so you're just kind of in the dark trying sure. to use a bathroom a porta potty and it's disgusting inside because it's all muddy outside so you can't tell <laughs> what's been going on inside the floor so it's just <laughs> usually filthy i mean the the other side of that i think is uh i was working on a shoot one of my my first shoot i was in salt lake city in july and trying to use a bathroom at like one in the afternoon. So it's 115 degrees out. I'm right. just being like, oh, I can't, I have to sit in here and use the bathroom. <laughs> I just think um, if, in your guys' line of work, it's interesting because y'all are professional people, union members, a lot of you guys, like been doing this for a while. And yet there's not always a guarantee of, you know, you're going to get breaks, you're going to get good food, you're going to have access to a clean bathroom, like which is pretty much given in my my world of like business, right? And it's just fascinating to me, you know, the shit they put the crew through, essentially. Yeah, I mean, there's, so. a, there's a ton of times, like, I, when I was doing, there's two different things, uh, moments I'm thinking of. When I was doing The Profit, you know, you're going to these businesses, and some of them don't have a bathroom, and you're filming there all day, and production is kind of small, so they're not always figuring out, like, hey, you can go to the bathroom here, or you can go to, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a small production. So there was one time mm-hmm. where we were in New York, and I had to pee really bad and I couldn't find anywhere to go to the bathroom. Oh. So finally I'm asking people and somebody at the hotel is like, go downstairs and there's a restaurant underneath this other hotel. And I'm like, okay. And I'm rushing past 
and I'm wearing a green military jacket and Andre 3000 is walking out. No way. Same one, but in black. And he goes, nice jacket. And I don't even pay attention because I got to pee so bad. I'm like, thanks, man. And I keep moving. I go to the bathroom. (laughs) I start peeing. And then I replay the moment in my head. And I'm like, that was Andre 3000. And I was just told earlier that day that he lived in that building. So like, that was one moment where I was like, damn it. Um, Oh, man. That's crazy. (laughs) But um, definitely (laughs) doing um, a show called My Big Redneck Vacation. We had to go to... um, monument valley and spend the night out there you know and you can't go to the bathroom on the tour bus so you got to figure out where you're going to go to the bathroom oh actually it was that show so over we're we're driving we're driving <laughs> and um did you remember this story and that's why you brought it up you're waiting for this exactly no no, no i ask this to everybody we <laughs> yeah. interview because everybody has horrific stories and i just think it's appalling what they put you guys through it's, it's like every time i'm using a bad bathroom situation i'm texting mel going like i can't fucking believe her <laughs> so i'm on my big net big redneck vacation um and we're traveling to all of the big tourist spots in america on tour buses with the family and everybody has their own tour bus and we were just like the crazy bus and we're all partying and drinking and having fun. And I missed one of the stops to use the restroom. I was like sleeping or something like that. And I think I ate like truck stop food before that. Mm. So I wake up at like 2.30 in the morning and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. I go to the bus driver in the front. And he's like, we just stopped like 30 minutes ago. We're not going to stop again for like two hours. And I'm like, oh, man, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I go and I find a, you know how they have the wine divider bags that you get at Ralph's and it's like allows you to put more wine bags. That's all I could find was that. (laughs) Oh no. So I go to the back of the bus, everybody's sleeping. And I did what I had to do in that bag and I threw it out the window. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best one yet. Hands down. (laughs) So not far from that, um, my buddy, uh, my buddy, Chris, who is an electrician, he, they're always working in unfinished houses, so there's never a toilet around. So he just finds a box and does his business and leaves it. <laughs> just leaves it for him. So yeah, it makes total sense. Survival <laughs> mode. <laughs> oh my god! Well, well so, it's great. So, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, but comparing difficulty. comparing bags to, <laughs> to porta potties. Yeah, that's yeah, a world of difference. Sound pretty fucking good at this point. It's <laughs> <So> serious. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And of course, I couldn't wait for someone to wake up to believe, to tell them, like, you can't believe the shit I went through last night. <laughs> Listen to what I did. Holy cow. No idea. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Andy has a lot of stories about the bathroom situation and just like, and then even when we were doing Pet Stars, I remember being up at like Animal Tracks and having to go into a porty potty, porta potty in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. 120 degrees in Agua Dulce, and just being like, oh, don't look in the hole. And then I yeah. look in the hole <laughs> and then it's just like, ah. I I had this thing one time where, for whatever reason, when I drink like a, a whey protein of any kind, my stomach just doesn't agree with me. And so I was on set and I had a like a protein shake. I drank it and I was working and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if I feel so good. <laughs> so I had to go into a porta potty in the middle of the day in summer and just vomit into Ew, a porta toilet. <laughs> Porta potty, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. It was terrible. Vomit outside. Why don't you just yeah. vomit outside? Because you know what? Okay, look, when I puke, it's not pretty. Oh, it's true. It's Andy's like, not a good puker. I'm it's like performance art. It's a whole body experience. <laughs> yeah. Like convulses and yeah, it's, it's really reckless the way it looks. You think I'm dying <laughs> to be like, Jesus, put him down. <laughs> so you, 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 you vomited like five times the whole 20 plus years of our marriage <laughs> that I can remember, and it was terrifying. I will fight tooth and nail to keep everything inside Ugh. of me. just to avoid that situation well this is taking a turn um (laughs) let's bring it back um where have you been uh what location have you worked at that you would pay your own money to visit again people think i'm crazy but i'll say salt lake city i like i don't think you're crazy salt lake city's gorgeous hell yeah yeah. i like like hearing your your salt lake stories tell me about your experiences at salt lake because i grew up in salt lake um, and you grew up in Orem, which is like an hour south of Salt Lake City. But I grew up in Salt Lake proper. So that's my okay. old stomping grounds. I was there and I started live PD. So when I moved to California, I got a job doing live PD in Salt Lake City with um, the Highway Patrol in, in Salt Lake. Nice. So I drove to Utah before even coming here with all of my stuff. And I was in Utah for like four or five months. doing. Yeah. No way. Where did you I stay? Think it was that long. Wait. 
what time what time of year were, were you there because i know for me like fall is the best time to be there because you get to watch the mountains change and all that. it was perfect because we were there from spring from like summer to fall so like oh yeah got to see everything i think when we got there was when the tulips were like in full bloom in temple area like mm-hmm, yeah so mm-hmm. we were there for everything and then i left in january in january so i was there oh, for nice. the whole experience so i watched it and it was it was just beautiful and it was a I, I was just playing a lot of basketball. I, I feel like people are kind of really nice. Like I met a lot totally. of strangers that just randomly talked to me and we had great conversations. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of great concerts out there. You know, there's a, there's yep. a big counterculture towards the Mormon uh, world, you know, like people mm-hmm. think it's just Mormon stuff, but actually there's a lot of tattoos and a lot of music and a lot of, you know, other things. Yeah. As well. so there's a big underbelly. There's a lot of music, a lot of tattoos. There's a big gay scene. There's a big party scene. There's a big drug culture, surprisingly. That's, a lot of really good drugs crazy. come out of Utah. Because <laughs> I would play basketball at this park downtown where it was like heroin park. I didn't even know that, but I ended up befriending one of these guys that was this older guy that wanted to be a comedian and we had like we just stayed in touch and uh, and actually I haven't heard from him in maybe four, four years, four years, five years. And he just yeah. reached out to me randomly like, Hey, you gave me a backpack back in the day with like clothes and a book and told me to write my jokes in it. And I just went on stage for the first time. And wow. so like you That's get to awesome. like have these really cool experiences when you do travel like that. Cause you, you know, you're just there to totally. experience what's new to you, you know? So, yeah, um, nice. Salt Lake for sure, and Fiji, of course, is like somewhere I would definitely pay my own money to go back to. Really, Fiji? I've never been to Fiji. I don't. We've have, now. Yeah. I I think was was this the Fiji shoot that Lenny got you on, or was that because I know there's two happening at the same time, and one was like an MTV thing, and one was something else, and I can't remember. No, what they called I, me I got I got um Lenny and Jamal and yeah. um, this dude Shane from Vegas all on. I tried to get G Rock and you and TC. I think yeah. first, um, but yeah. So me and Lenny slept next to each other. It was four people in like a bungalow, so it was like wow. It was kind of like camp style, but I mean, we yeah, had a, we had an outdoor shower, stairs that went down to a private beach. I mean, nice. The and you're in there, Fiji. Um, yeah, the locals there are the nicest people you ever meet. You know, I I met this ran- random guy. What was it? I was gonna say, what was the drink? They is it kava? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They make it in a sink. Yeah, with like a pillowcase. Yeah. Is it out there? That's what they're using to strain it. I mean, it was just the most beautiful people I've ever came across. You know, they were all Love just really sweet, nice people. That's awesome. Fiji, man. That's awesome. Yeah. We got to go. That's where Love Island is this year. Yeah, that's great. You Must be nice. Must <laughs> be nice for them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, make sure I, I make sure I like every one of the production supervisor's pictures on instagram whenever he posts <laughs> i know <laughs> hey love it love it, like love it. comment like, like comment, comment like comment yeah <laughs> just keeping keeping that, yourself on their radar you gotta do it you gotta start texting a few of them just be like hey just hey what's up about it you know seeing what's up no big deal my rate's less <laughs> <laughs> i've got the writer's strike discount going on <laughs> Lucky for you, I'll fly myself out there. Fly myself, travel myself, put myself up. It's all good. What is the best part about your job? The people you work with. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah, because you get like-minded people. You know, most jobs, people are going for money, you know, for the most part. You know, if we're working a nine to five, you're looking for what's going to pay your family. So a lot of people are more there for the job where we're there for the job but also we're there for who we're working with as soon as we get calls for a job we're like who's on that you know and you're trying to find yeah. out who you're working with and and uh having one close you know we we everybody's worked together for so long you know we it's great to have all of our wpt people still pretty much working together i mean not everyone that, i think that's been super cool yeah. uh, it, but i also i and you reminded me of that um I do this every call sheet I get. I I start scrolling through to see who I know. And that's one of those things like, oh, cool. I get to see so-and-so again. And, oh, great. I haven't seen so-and-so in forever. And, right. yeah, I, th- that is a really cool part. And I've, I've told Mel before, it's like, this isn't a really an industry where you can be an asshole and bad at your job. You can sort of get away with being a dick if you're pretty good at your job. If you're really good at your job, you can almost get away with it exclusively. But if, if you're just, like, pleasant to be around because it's – it's not just 12 hours a day or 10 hours shifts. It's like, no, we're, we're going to wake up, see each other. 
we're going to have meals together and we're going to work all day. And then we're going to go out at night and have meals and hang out. And, and it's, it's such it a different experience. Yeah. Then they're yeah. like, Oh, it's my nine to five office kind of thing. And totally I, different. Like you guys become family. I feel like it's a real sure. family. Every yeah. time I go visit Andy on set, cause there's a handful of you guys that I've met a couple of times, you know, at different shoots or whatever, but like hearing him talk about the camaraderie. Cause I, you know, I worry, I'm always like, God, you know, I don't want you to go. And, but then he's like, no, I'll be there with Danny and TC. Like, and I'm like, okay, okay. Then I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, need it to worry because you got your guys. It turns into camp. You know, it feels like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it feels like camp, you know? So well, uh, um, I, the one time I got food poisoning at, um, at, a. A uh, world poker tour. I, I think I text uh, Jr. at like eleven thirty, and I was like, "Dude, can you just get me a Gatorade?" And he like he came up and he brought like crackers and something in Gatorade. Yeah, and I was like, "Thanks, dude." Yeah, I mean, I think all of us are just waiting for a phone call to help out each other. I don't think any of us are like, "Oh, I gotta go," you know, take care What's- of this person or anything. And it's also so much more fun to to work around the people that are fun to be around, and yeah, you know, your your buddies and your friends. Early on, I was told that this industry is 85% personality. And, I totally uh, agree totally. with that. And I leaned into it because, you know, if you're teachable, then then the sky's the limit. They'd rather, and you learn that early on, you know, especially me being in Florida and there was everybody from Full Sail trying to work in the industry. And a lot of mm-hmm. people didn't want to hire these kids because of just the attitude that you get when you come in thinking you know something versus someone that's just like, I'm happy to be here. Show me. I'll learn it right now, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, I think the other part of um, the industry that I love is uh, every anybody who's been at their job long enough and, and is so confident and good at their job, they're happy to teach you every single thing about it because they want they want other people to be just as good. Right? They're not withholding. Yeah, nobody's yeah. nobody's like protecting themselves because it's some just people, that, that some, good. I've I've experienced it with some tech supervisors that all of a sudden feel like you know when I came I came up underneath somebody that definitely. All of a sudden, when I started coming up and I would be able to take my own jobs, you know, they would say weird mm-hmm. things like, oh, you're going to take jobs from me or you're going to do Ooh. this. Like, you know, so, so all the best tech there soup, is some people. I, I, I've noticed so, like the tech soups all talk to each other and it seems like they, they're always lifting each other up to the same level. It's not like a you took that from me. It's it, at least from my point of view. That's, I could be totally that's wrong. the group that we're we're a part of now, I think, is, is yeah. that, you know, um, is it, you know, there's there's what? three, four, five main tech supervisors that we work with regularly, probably, you yeah. know, um, yeah. they, and they all communicate, you know, but then there's people that don't necessarily communicate. And a lot of times I've learned that it's only because they're insecure about what they don't know versus what they do know. Right. They don't want to show you because they don't necessarily know. Yeah. But, that makes sense. I mean, there's always going to be people like that. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Give me names. I'm getting them on the show. <laughs> ridiculous um if you weren't doing this job what would you be doing instead waiting tables <laughs> <laughs> you think i mean any that's particular what i was doing before huh oh, okay yeah. I, was, I was gonna i was curious like any particular restaurant you'd be shooting for uh, no no i mean i would have been stuck in the lifestyle versus you know you make good cash money you know i was doing like fine dining banquets mm-hmm. i was working at like a, a private country club where i had to know the person's name coming in you know like, oh, let me get Mr. Wigglesworth's uh, lemonade ready, you know? <laughs> I want to be named Wigglesworth. <laughs> that would be you. a rad name. That's a good name. Um, that's funny. Um, have you ever broken anything on set? I got vertigo early on. Like, I, I fell with a light a C-stand. I was setting up a, oh, a C-stand. I put a sandbag on it, and I looked up at the light, and then all of a sudden I was on the floor with the light, and they took me to the hospital, and they were like, oh, you have vertigo, but... So oh, that shit. Happened. But I never really wow. broke anything major, I don't think. You know, I'm so always hurting my back. How do you get rid of vertigo? Like, that's not... I mean, I mean, I think for me, it was a lack of sleep and stress at the time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's not like a chronic situation. No, it's something treatable for some. I, I mean, some people have it really bad where they can't... Oh, that's can't crazy. It, that's crazy. So what's yeah. the hardest thing um, you've ever had to shoot? either hardest emotionally or physically. It can be either or or both. I mean, there was many times on shoots early on where I would make sure to tell whoever the reality person is when we're doing certain things and the producers are asking them to do something they don't want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, early on, I would always 
you know, get in their ear and be like, you don't have to do that if you don't want to do that, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it's hard, right? Because you're a human being seeing some yeah. shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, also, you know, when the, the story asks for it or the producers being out of line, you know, and and you don't see that that much nowadays because there's all the, these eyes that are looking at us and how we move and what we do. And, you know, but now. Uh, now people are a lot nicer and tamer, but um, yeah. I have noticed like a lot of reality house shows there. It's no longer that like, let's, let's load this place full of liquor and, and let these kids right. like box it out. Like that, that format has kind of gone to the side. I want to, it's probably because of lawsuits or something like that. But that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe um, me too go, had a lot to do with it. To go back to another question. Um, a celebrity that was also really cool was Jim Jones, the rapper. Um, really? I did oh, nice. show and he would always ask me a blunt. And I'd be like, nice. okay. and then he would tell the executive producer, like, Danny's going to smoke. And then I'd get to smoke, you know, while we're, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. He was, he was pretty interesting. Um, and then I got to actually go to a studio with him and play music for him after the show, which was really cool. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny because um, I was working on a show. It was, it was kind of trying to be like ridiculousness, but for like a BET. And so Snoop Dogg was on and he's got a joint the whole time. And I remember the producer, uh, this guy walks up, he's trying to give him a note and Snoop just, just like hands the joint to him. And he's like, no, 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 I, you know, I'm working. And he's just like, we're not going to have this conversation until you take a hit. And so he took a hit right there in front of like the whole audience, I remember all his peers and shit. And then he had to go like, did you do it one more time with little emphasis? <laughs> <laughs> like, he totally had to smoke in front of everyone. It's funny. That's shit. funny. Yeah, oh, that's thanks. awesome. I, when we were doing pet stars, I know I was high a lot with my crew on on that, which was really fun for me as talent on a little shitty reality show. And I was like, well, I've made it. I'm getting high on set. It's <laughs> 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 really cool. Um, what's something that you have personally experienced or seen only because you have this job? Oh, man, you get the back door on a lot of people's lives uh, working mm -hmm. in reality. Um you know, and, and these smaller type shows, even like The Profit, where we were just going into all these businesses and seeing how they work and why they're working or not working. And so, I mean, there's countless things in what we do that we get to see that yeah. everyone mm -hmm. doesn't get to see. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Also, also, we get we get to cut a lot of tape. Like, we go behind the red, uh, like, we get back to our entry through businesses, concerts. The Emmys, the Oscars, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, football that, games, well, that's so cool. poker tournaments, all like of the, it. The, the robo setup on jury duty that you were there for, wasn't it? In like the processing office of the ice factory or something like that? Like, Yeah, it was some old, weird like community building. I, I can't even remember what it was, but you would go see the old plaques and stuff of like whatever business person or law person. Yeah, was. so you're always yeah. like... And showing these backdoor, you know, behind the scenes kind of things. It's cool. No, it's super cool. There's Even some sometimes there's buildings we get into that are just kind of like they should be bulldozed or something. <laughs> like they're really like I get scared. You drink the water out of a fountain. You're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. It's, it seems to be more of the hotels that we stay in than the actual <laughs> venues that we film at. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Oh, I think Biloxi. Not 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 when we were on Beau Rivage. Or anything like that, but when would you just go up the highway, maybe twenty minutes? I was staying at a hotel for a shoot there. It was really like a motel because, like, the door uh, to your bedroom opens up to the outside. But every night I would get home, and there would be like seventy five hundred different bugs on the door. And the, the the job then was to like, how fast can I open the door, slip inside, and shut it as fast as I can so no bugs get in there? Oh yeah, and I, I always end up with like moths and beetles and God knows what else. Yeah. Fiji was yeah. bad like that for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that. What? But I. It, it got to a point though where you felt like Ace Ventura, and you were just like letting them land on you and looking at them and <laughs> stuff like that because there's just so many. You're getting all zen about the bugs. Yeah, for I think sure. you have to. I was well, talking you... about when we were working in Hawaii in the jungle, and it rained every single day, every afternoon. And as soon as they did, we would get cockroaches, centipedes, and the king uh, cane spiders. Mm -hmm. And the cane spiders are so big and so fast. I know they're they're not really yeah they're not venomous. Bad. They're, not, they're not bad for people. It's but they're the, scary looking. It's the centipedes you really got to watch out yeah. for. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. you have a lot of like. Didn't you get into a hotel once and there was like a half used tube of KY under your bed that they left there? <laughs> like that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I think we were we were shooting like a car thing out in Riverside or somewhere. That makes sense. And so, like, <laughs> this is terrible. There was like a half bottle, a half used bottle of KY under my bed, and then in the parking lot we found like a a cock ring. <laughs> a cock ring. <laughs> yeah. Just like sitting there in the parking lot. And I was like, why is this here? <laughs> Who decides to do this? And leave it. And he's like, I'm gonna leave it out the window. <laughs> when we uh when we were in Fiji, I remember I show up after I mean, how long is that that travel? Probably like oh, close to 20 hours in total. Yeah, it's a long it's one. Not yeah. short. So I finally get there and there's a monsoon happening on the island. And there's no production presence because we gotta go from the big island to the small island. So no production at the at the big island. And at the time I had like very little money to my name. So I show up to this island and they're like, oh yeah, um, you're going to have to stay here for the next week because you can't go anywhere. And I'm wow. like, what? And production's nowhere to be seen. Luckily there was some camera operators that went there prior to our, sh- our show to enjoy it. And they were like, we have a link at a, um, what was it? A, a hotel on the other side of the main island, but we're going to have to walk across this flooded river. That's, so Jesus. I had to have my suitcase on me, you know, I'm walking through the mm-hmm. river. There's locals screaming like outsider with like a machete in their hand, but they're just joking with us. They're not, they know. That oh, we're shit. Here, you know? Um, <laughs> we stay there. I finally show up to the, the small Island. I get to my room and I see an AC that's like, Hey, you want to smoke some weed? I'm like, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. I need a black suit. <laughs> so we're smoking on my balcony and then all of a sudden I'm like, is this a lot of bees or am I high? And we look around and there's like 2000 bees around us just going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? The? I'm just like, I want to sleep now too. Like I can't sleep. And then f- they, they finally get somebody to come and get all these bees out, but it took like a day. So I wow. mean, we have these fun adventures, but there's always adversity going through them. Like it's no, it's not always this pretty thing. Yeah. yeah no, you guys put up with a lot. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like I'm I'm constantly impressed. <laughs> but also terrified at the same time. Yeah. Like it's a lot. So I'm always like, Andy, all of you guys and your friends have so many great stories. Like I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you guys. It's so crazy. Um okay, next question. Uh do you think that crew members should also be paid residuals and royalties on shows? I do. Um I, I don't think it needs to be a large amount. Like, yeah. I mean, 1%, 2% of that is still going to be a significant difference to somebody that's making a hundred grand a year or, or less, you of know, of course. Like, mm-hmm. So absolutely, um, I think there should be, I don't think they care about the camaraderie or the, how much you get excited to come into work. So I don't mm-hmm. think that part of them, I don't think that'll, I think, I don't think it's something that will happen though, you know, as far as someone it's, like, it's, on our level. I, I think, think it would be a really long very uphill battle to try to get anything just looking at what the the creator like our writer is writing something that is going to be a thing a whole thing and if they have to fight this hard just to agreed. get that but if casting directors get royalties then everybody else should a like, casting is- director but like in what sense like does like the casting director on jersey shore get royalties no probably not because that was probably a not but i know they do on but, scripted shows but and- should the cast of jersey shore probably get royalties I would say yeah, I would say, yeah. I, but the, the, I think everybody should look. There is enough money. Don't. They, I don't think that they. They do, don't. There's no way. But there is enough money going around that everybody should get something. Everybody from PAs on up can get a little piece of that pie because For if sure. the CEO of Warner Brothers takes a pay cut and goes from 220 million a year to 40 million a year, there's still enough to go around. It's bullshit. With with I mean, 100%. I'm very. <laughs> like, I'm very I mean, passionate about it because I just think that the conversation needs to start being had and you have to start planting those seeds because nobody's ever going to give it to anybody. You always have to demand it. Well, and it's going like, to be, it's going to have to be taken and it's going to have to be one of these destroy and rebuild situations, which no mm-hmm. one really wants to go Nobody through. wants to do that. Yeah. It would be, very, again, I think it would be a really hard battle. I agree. I, I agree that it's a hard battle, but I think it's one that would, is worth discussing and moving towards, and it might take 10, 20, 50 years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, but you I know, think that what, what does go a long way is when productions are like, randomly having food trucks show up or, you know, an ice cream truck or like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the things you really, I mean, it's really like if they did that and every week or every, you know, 
that that happened every once in a while, you'd get a lot more out of your workers. You know, for sure, a lot more mm-hmm. happier. Right. And, and raises. I mean, I feel like a lot of you guys, even in union gigs, like they're paying you the minimum a lot of times that they can't. Like oh, the, the yeah. Min- no, it's every rate time. For, for what? That's why it's called the minimum. Is. Right. And and so it's, you know, something's got to give when actors and all these other people are making, you know, enough to buy three houses in the Palisades. Like there's, there's you're all part of the same machine, I guess. So I don't know. So that's interesting. Um, so tell us about your music and what what you got going on with music these days. Since we're you know locking down with these uh, writer strikes, not a lot going on. Um, I've been all over the place genre wise. I've been making a lot of like electronic techno house stuff lately, which is new to me. I've been a hip hop producer forever, um, mm-hmm. so I've been doing that and also doing some indie stuff with my other friends. So um, yeah, just trying to make sense of how to really having multiple multiple genres is hard to like really identify a brand people want to know what you are you know mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite artists is this guy named chaos from canada um a lot of people don't know who he is but he is extremely talented and he has an indie album a dance album he has so many different things so i think that is the hard part for someone that's multi-genre you know to mm-hmm. come into the forefront you end up being more of like a producer in the background being like i can go over here i can go over here I can go over here. Hmm. nice Okay, cool. Um, is there anything that you wanted to promote while you're here? Anything you want to call out to either your social or any show or your music or anything you want to call out? And no, I don't, I don't have anything going on, uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> <Give me something. laughs> yeah. Shout out to the, the people picketing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We stand in solidarity with yeah. the yeah. WGA for sure. One of these days, I might go out there and just hang out. You should. You should. I mean, they're right over there. It's funny. Our oldest daughter works for Warner Brothers, and she's got, you know, she's just starting her career. She works in social media over there, but she's got a little office and a balcony and everything shit that I've never fucking had. You know, I've been right. a businesswoman for 20 goddamn years. I didn't have a fucking office with a balcony at Warner Brothers. Jesus Christ. Anyway, and she's like, oh, yeah, they're picketing below my office. And, I, da, 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 da. and I'm like, you should go out there and, you know, be a part of it. <laughs> and get fired. And get fired from your job. <laughs> We already had one strike this year. You weren't there for that. You weren't there for uh, the strike that we had in. Um, oh, uh, Oregon. Oregon. Bend, yeah. Bend Oregon? Yeah, yeah. What Bend strike Oregon. was that? There was a strike. Yeah, because the shoot was only like two weeks. It was like two weeks and then they came and shut it down. And it, it, it was it was a learning lesson that like not every opportunity for a strike is worth it. Mm. Just because there's it gets promoted and somebody reaches out or something happens, there needs to be a group conversation. And because people, I noticed when that card gets passed around, everybody's yeah. like, sorry, sorry, you know, but right. you really got to weigh your options in those situations. Well, we just had that one, uh, that show earlier this year that flipped like you, the build had what already happened. That? Yeah, that's right. It happened in the middle of it. And then there was that weird email we got from Twin Love that was just like, no, that was, was yeah, it was. Um, I reached out. To, did you talk to her? No, nah, I, I wasn't sure what that was. About. She was just saying hello. It sounds like now they have free time because not a lot's going on for them. Okay, yeah. As far as you know, so now they're picking up the slack and being like, "Here's the contract for the show you did, you know, last year." And it's like uh, <laughs> last <laughs> August. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like "What does that matter?" This? And she's like, just saying hi, reaching out. I'm here if you need me. I'm like, who reaches out four months later to be like, hey, I'm here if you need me. Like, the job is over with. <laughs> They're like sitting in a, a room trying to scream about how how important their job is. Like, no, 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 no. I've got all this backlogging to do. A, it might be a justifying of their job. Right yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> Don't lay me off. I know nobody's doing anything, but I swear to God, I'm busy. <laughs> I I'm catch them like playing Roblox all day. Oh, my God. Roblox. <laughs> well, hopefully things. Hopefully this strike doesn't last till January. Hopefully it. I know. <laughs> I mean, I want them to get what they're asking for, but I don't want you guys to all be out of work for that long. I mean, there's like little things going on, like little interviews getting right. You know, um, I'm booked for gigs. a music festival and the strongman competition, but that's not like till September and October. So yeah, you know, little things are going on. You got to just dig for it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, I got weird, like corporate gigs pop up here and there. And I don't yeah. think of the other thing I did. Oh, like some pilot presentation. 
Yeah, not unscripted, non-union bullshit. Yeah, game showy uh, stuff. Yep. I was I was looking into like a CCTV um like job as like a security guard where you just like are looking at all the cameras. But then I'm like, I don't want to yeah. be a snitch. Like I don't want to be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just, I I don't know. It's not something I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would that you would can be always tough. shoot adult erotica. That's non-union. Yeah, but then you, have, you risk a chance of not coming back to the industry. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. so they, they find that one thing you did just for the money. Just for the money. I swear, I was behind the camera the whole time. Yeah, right. like we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> for more insight and details from the stories you heard today, plus pictures and videos of crew life on the road and behind the scenes of production, please visit our blog. It is linked below, and you can also visit talesfromtvpodcast.wixsite.com. You can find us on social media at Tales from TV on Instagram and Tales from TV Podcast on TikTok. Remember to follow, like, and comment to let us know what you think. Do you have a question for Andy you would like him to answer on the show? Please email it to talesfromtvpodcast at gmail.com with the subject question for Andy, and we will do our best to answer it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.